The following podcast contains some mild language. The whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people with no decision-making ability whatsoever to make six decisions just to buy one cup of coffee. Short, tall, light, dark, calf, decaf, low-fat, non-fat, etc. So people who don't know what the hell they're doing or who on earth they are can, for only $2.95, get not just a cup of coffee, but an absolutely defining sense of self. Tall, decaf, cappuccino. Hey, welcome to the Boise Coffee Podcast, episode one. This is the very first episode that you're listening to of a brand new podcast. I'm your host, Colin Mansfield. I've been writing in boisecoffee.org for about six years now, uh, writing reviews, uh, writing brewing techniques, brewing recipes, uh, and and writing about coffee news. And I decided to start a podcast, a short-form way to share some of the things that I've learned and uh, to strike up a discussion. I hope that this turns into uh, a back and forth between you and me. Uh, you might have recognized that first clip. That was from You've Got Mail, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And uh, for, for some of us, maybe our experience ordering coffee looks something like that, more of an existential, out-of-body experience. But perhaps it looks something a little bit more like this. Good morning. Can I take your order? Can I get a tall chai? A uh, large black coffee. A what? Large black coffee. Do you mean a venti? No, I mean a large. He means a venti. Yeah, the biggest one you got. Venti is large. Mm, no, venti is twenty. Danny. Yeah, large is large. In fact, tall is large, and grande is Spanish for large. Venti's the only one that doesn't mean large. It's also the only one that's Italian. Congratulations, you're stupid in three languages. So perhaps your experience ordering coffee looks a little bit more like his. That's, uh, that was Paul Rudd in Role Models, and I think for a lot of us, we can identify more on that side of the spectrum uh, than we can on the Tom Hanks, You've Got Mail side of the spectrum. In any case, in this episode, I'd like to tackle order, ordering coffee, and uh, I want to do it just uh, in, a, in a few brief ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divide this up into a few categories, but the first thing I want to acknowledge uh, straight up is that in that clip, he's calling the Starbucks-esque barista, because I don't think they actually call it Starbucks in that movie, but it might as well be. Um, he's he's telling her that she's stupid for calling uh, the large venti. And of course, venti, as he says, means 20. And that's actually why Starbucks does it that way. It's 20 ounces of coffee. So joke's on you, Paul Rudd. But I want to I want to talk about ordering coffee um, because I know for a lot of people, myself included, before I, I really got into coffee, I didn't know what a lot of those the terms meant: latte, mocha, frappuccino, americano. I didn't know the background of the terms. I didn't really understand 
what it meant. I knew some of them had sugar, some of them just milk, some of them are just straight up coffee. But then what's the difference between espresso and hot water versus just like a normal brewed coffee? And where do you get all that? So I want to talk about some of that in this podcast. And as I said, I'm, I'm going to try to keep these brief. So I'm, I'm going to try not to bore you with unnecessary gory details. But if if you want to go deeper, feel free to engage me on my blog, boisecoffee.org, um, or comment wherever you find this podcast. I'm going to have it up on a variety of sites. And, uh, and let me know. Let me know if you want to go a little bit deeper on any of these topics. So um, I, a, a while back, actually, towards the beginning of when I started the blog in, in like 2011, I think, I, uh, wrote a, I wrote a blog post called The Definitive Guide to Ordering Coffee. And I, I tried to make it a little bit pretentious sounding on purpose, mostly because I wanted to grab people's attention back then. But it's also sort of a uh, one of those titles that makes you go like, wait, what? What do you mean a guide to ordering coffee? I, I, I know how to order coffee. It's not that difficult, right? And, it, and it's true. It's not. You go up to a coffee shop. You look at the menu. You decide what you want. You get it. But as I said earlier, sometimes looking at a menu isn't necessarily as cut and dry as you think it might be. So what I'm going to do first here is I'm going to run through some of the main coffee terms that you're going to find at a coffee shop. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make this super specific to any you know chain coffee, Starbucks or, or Tully's or anything like that. I, I'm going to try to stay a little bit broad. That way this might help you um, when it comes to your local coffee shop or when it comes to a bigger chain type place. So the first thing I want to talk about is drip coffee. And um, you're probably aware this is like the brick and mortar. This is what holds a coffee shop together, right? This is the the, the very basic. And drip coffee is essentially uh, what you're going to find or what you're going to make, rather, when you're making coffee in your home coffee pot. It's just hot water dripped over coffee, and then there's generally a paper filter that filters out the coffee grounds just to leave the hot, delicious beverage that we love to drip, keyword, down below into some sort of carafe or container. Um, and there's a variety of methods to brew drip coffee. There's the machines that that you and I are probably most used to. Then there's the manual drip, which uses a, a cone and generally some sort of kettle um, where the barista or person making the coffee manually pours it over rather than having a machine do it. Um, but all of that creates what we affectionately call drip coffee. Um, the next big one is espresso. You're probably, you probably know what espresso is, but I'll break it down a little bit. Uh, espresso is essentially really, really concentrated coffee. You take really finely ground coffee and you condense it into a puck. You put that puck into an espresso machine and the espresso machine heats up water and uses quite a bit of pressure to push that water through the concentrated, uh, finely ground coffee and then it drips into generally a, some sort of shot glass below or sometimes two shot glasses. And then each of those is, of course, called a shot of espresso. And those shots can be combined into a variety of drinks. So espresso is, for all intents and purposes of most modern-day coffee shops, um, it's, a, it's a building block for other drinks. Of course, you can order a shot of espresso or a dopio, which is just two shots of espresso. Um, but generally speaking, most people don't order that here in the United States. Overseas is a little bit of a different story. Italy is known for their espresso, of course, that's where espresso was invented. But um, 
But here in the U.S., generally we combine espresso with other things to make other drinks. So from this point onward, I'm talking about espresso-based beverages, Um, the first of which is the latte. The latte is steamed milk combined with espresso shots. Pretty straightforward. Generally, U.S. coffee shops use a standard 12, 16, and 20-ounce size system, so as small as a 12-ounce, as large as a 20-ounce. And a lot of coffee shops tend to do one, two, and three shots of espresso respectively. So if you order a 16-ounce, you're going to get two shots of espresso with it. That's not a hard and fast rule. A lot of coffee shops don't do that. And I would say it's sort of cutting, cutting you short a little bit if, they, if they're just using one shot of espresso for a 12-ounce drink. But nonetheless, um, there are coffee shops who do it on the other side of the spectrum as well, where they start with two shots and work up to three or four. Um, but, but nonetheless, a latte is steamed milk. So normally on espresso machines, you'll have the, uh, the actual heads that brew the espresso and there's like one, two or three of those heads. And then on the side of the espresso machine is, um, what's called a frothing wand. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's a wand that sticks out the side of the espresso machine and it allows you to froth milk. And does it with uh, with steam. It shoots out steam um, through this wand, and then generally you hold a pitcher of cold milk uh, in inside that wand, and then, uh, or rather, you put the wand inside the the steam mil- or the excuse me the cold milk in order to make steamed milk. Um, and this steamed milk, if done if the milk is steamed properly, you'll get a nice a nice dense layer of foam on the top, or what's called microfoam. So if you ever see baristas looking at their their little uh, carafe of milk, and then maybe they might hit it on the counter. What they're doing is they're popping the larger bubbles in that milk uh, in order to get smaller bubbles or micro bubbles, so that this foam is is dense. And that way, you you don't get a real frothy cup of coffee, but instead you get a nice thick layer of foam. Um, and that's also what is used to create coffee art or latte art, um, which is kind of an, it really is an art. It's, it's hard to do. I've, I haven't, my, I, I myself have not been able to master it mostly because I don't have an espresso machine, but also just because it, it takes time. And, um, but a, a lot of well-trained baristas will be able to pull out some really cool latte art using microphone. So that's a latte for you. Um, now when you take that same drink of latte and you combine it with chocolate syrup, chocolate sauce, or a lot of times coffee shops will just use chocolate milk, uh, that's what's called a mocha, or a or a mocha latte is what some places will call it, um, and and a mocha is of course sweet because of chocolate, but it's it's nice because it's not over sweet, overly sweet. Unless you use a ton of chocolate sauce or something in it, um, it's generally a, a fairly mellow sweet beverage compared to what you'll find in a lot of coffee shops these days, especially the bigger chains. Um, moving on to another another steadfast. Um, item menu or a menu item that you're going to find in pretty much any, in any coffee shop, and a lot of places are known. A lot of local coffee shops are known for these. Is cappuccino. Now, cappuccino and a latte uh, are made of the same the same elements, where it's it's steamed milk and it's espresso. The difference is in proportions. So, a latte, as I said, has a very dense layer of microfoam at the top. Whereas a cappuccino, you're aiming for that more frothy foam. So that's when you're going to want to, the barista is going to steam the milk 
um, in such a way where there's more larger bubbles and less microfoam bubbles. And so generally, cappuccino is about one part foam, one part milk, um, in the sense that the top – that that's not a hard and fast rule either. A lot of times it's more like the top third of, of your cup is going to be foam. Um, so basically, I mean, in, in general terms, a cappuccino is a lot like a latte, but it has a lot more milk foam. Um, and you can order a cappuccino dry, or you can order it wet, where um, dry is more foam and wet is less foam, more milk. That's cappuccino. Um, okay, next is the Americano. And the Americano is a little bit interesting because of where the name comes from. Um, Americano basically um, is exactly what it sounds like. It's an Americanized or what the Italians might call a bastardization of their beverage, which is espresso. So back in World War II, this is what soldiers would do. They'd take espresso, but they're used to drip coffee from back home. So instead of just drinking the espresso straight, they wanted something that would last a little bit longer and might warm them a little bit more. So what they would do is they would take these espresso shots and they'd add them to hot water. You're used to just drinking Americanos or straight up espresso. It's going to taste a lot sweeter because of that that extra cream that's in there. Um, so if you ever want to try something a little bit more thick, but that doesn't have any sugar in it, but still get a little bit of sweetness out of it, try out try a breve. Generally, I only get breves in like a 12 ounce because that's a lot of half and half to straight up drink. Now, if you stay till the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you a couple other drinks that you can order at the coffee shop nearest you, whether it's a coffee bean and tea leaf or a, or a local coffee shop or whatever, a couple drinks that you probably haven't heard of before. But for now, I'd like to move on and talk about coffee shop etiquette, a little bit of, a little bit of etiquette when it comes to ordering. Now, this doesn't just apply to coffee shops, and I want you to realize this. I'm not trying to you know, write up some sort of rule book for when you go to a coffee shop, these are the things you must do. But it's important to realize that a coffee shop is is a restaurant in a lot of ways. Um, and perhaps it's not organized the same as a restaurant, but certainly if it's a cafe, it is. Um, but I think a lot of people, when they go to even like a drive-through coffee shop, and I'm a little bit sensitive to this because I worked at a drive-through coffee shop, but I think a lot of people sort of disregard the fact that it is still a place where baristas work, where people who have been trained to brew coffee work. And if, if you appreciate the beverage that they're making, uh, these are some things that you should keep in mind. Um, the first one is that not every coffee shop is Starbucks. And I wrote about this back in that definitive guide to ordering coffee post. Um, and I just want to reiterate that. And this ties in with the, the Paul Rudd, the, uh, the clip that I that we listened to earlier about venti being large the same idea when you go to a local coffee shop don't make the mistake of ordering a venti if you're trying to order a large or ordering a, a tall if you're trying to order a small partly because they don't work at Starbucks and so they may not be familiar with the sizes they should uh, they should be you know most people are but uh, you run the risk of getting the wrong size drink some places will actually call a large a tall because, I mean, to me, that, that makes more logical sense. But um, but nonetheless, just stick to the common ordering system. I do this even when I go to Starbucks, small, medium, large. Or if you really want to be specific, you know, 16 ounces or whatever it is. That way, if, if they're large, if they don't follow the typical size system and their large is, is you know, something crazy, 24 ounces or whatever, you, you're asking for the the 20 ounce coffee or the 16 ounce coffee. Another thing to remember is 
when you're going up and you're you're in line to get coffee, um, know what you're going to order. And this is something. I mean, this this rule could be. I could be doing a podcast about Chipotle, and I'd say the same thing. I mean, when when you're in line anywhere, you should you should kind of know what's you know know what's going on, and uh, and know what you want to order. But especially if you're in line at a coffee shop and you have some time to think and look at the menu. Um, and if there's people behind you or the people waiting on you, just common courtesy to remember um, to you know plan plan your drink beforehand. Know what you're going to order. That way, you're not holding up everybody else. And the final thing I want to talk about in regards to coffee shop etiquette is about tipping. This is a little bit of a of a sensitive subject, I think. Maybe not so much in in, in America because we we like to tip for just about everything. At least that's what the rest of the world seems to think about us. <laughs> But uh, but it's important to remember that just like at a restaurant, tipping is tipping for good service. But um, and there's there's a variety of of you know thoughts on this. I guess some people uh, won't tip at a restaurant if they don't feel like they've received good service. And and I would say that at a restaurant it's a little bit different because you're dealing with people who make below minimum wage and are and are more or less counting on tips. That's why I tend to have like a base tip limit. Whether it's 10% or 15% or whatever, that way they're they're making you know I I hope I'm helping them break even even if I'm not rewarding them for good service. Um, but on on the flip side, you've got coffee shops where they most likely they are making minimum wage. It's not a serving job as far as like being a waiter or waitress or that kind of thing. However, you have to realize that that to a certain extent, baristas that work at a coffee shop have have been trained for for what they're doing. And so when you tip a barista, you're essentially you're saying more than just I got good service. You're saying, "Hey, thank you for taking the time to learn this skill so that I can receive a beverage that I that I will enjoy." And that's the way I look at it. So typically, I don't I don't tip when it comes to coffee shops or drive-through coffee stands or whatever. I don't tip based on a percentage system uh, unless they use you know, something like a square reader or something where percentages are built in. Typically, I'll just do, you know, a buck or two because usually when you're buying a coffee, it's it's you know two, three, four dollars somewhere in there. And um, so for me, throwing another throwing a dollar in there, you know, is a lot of times well above the fifteen percent or eighteen percent or whatever. Especially if it's a dollar fifty, two dollars, and you know whatever. Um, you start getting up there a little bit. It's typically well above the uh, the expected, the American expected amount that you're gonna that you're gonna tip. Um, but the way I look at it is, I'm I'm tipping them not just for the service, but also for the skill set. I'm saying, hey, thanks for doing what you do every day. And chances are, most people don't tip them like that. So they're going to appreciate. You're you're probably gonna make their day. And um, and if nothing else, it's gonna help you the next time you go in. And they're gonna they're probably gonna remember you. Um, and they're certainly going to make you a good drink. The point I'd like to end on is something that I'm going to bring up in future podcast episodes for sure, but it's also something I talk about on my blog a lot, and uh, I'm going to actually devote a large portion of the book that I'm coming out with later this summer uh, to this to this idea, which is to support your local coffee shops. I'm a big believer in supporting local businesses no matter what, but I think a lot of times coffee gets overlooked because it's something that, you know, we tend to just sort of get on the fly, you know, on the way to work or after work or on the way to, you know, errands or whatever it is. So it's easy to overlook 
the local coffee shops in your area and opt for something that is more chain-based. Uh, as I've been saying throughout the episode, something like Starbucks or Tully's or, or uh, you know, whatever it is. And I think that supporting your local coffee shops does a couple things. First off, it helps grow the coffee community. And again, I'm going to talk about this more in future episodes, but um, the more that we can help local coffee shops, the better products we're going to receive, the better uh, end result coffee we're going to get. Now, don't get me wrong. I completely understand going to chain coffee shops. I do it myself now and again. Um, There's some times where you're sort of out and about and you really just need a coffee. And and I get that. Caffeine fixes are definitely, they're definitely real. And the headaches that can result from not getting a cup of coffee are definitely powerful. Uh, I understand. And I've even been in positions where I need to get some Dunkin' Donuts, God forbid, or some 7-Eleven coffee or whatever. We've all been there. You know, there's always there's always moments and experiences like that. Um, but what I would say is that when you are contemplating what kind of coffee you want to get, and it's down to a decision that you're that you're actively making, always opt for your local coffee house. Now, the reason why is because you're actually getting a better end product for the same amount of money, or a lot of times even less money. Um, when we're talking about Starbucks, or we're talking about these other big name coffee shops, you know, coffee houses, coffee cafes, whatever they are. A lot of times we're talking about their more high, higher end drinks. So when you go to Starbucks in the summertime, you're probably not going to get their hot brewed coffee. You're probably going to get their frappuccino. And now we're talking, you know, more in the four or five dollar range rather than the two to three dollar range. And those those start adding up. So. I'm telling you this both out of the sense of like I I really prefer supporting local businesses, but also when it comes to just dollars and cents, you're going to save more money by by uh, sticking to your local coffee shop rather than going to Starbucks. Now, in future episodes, I'm going to talk about home brewing, and that's because I am actually a huge supporter of home brewing. If you want a cup of coffee, the first thing that you should look at doing is brewing at home. If you decide that you know, you're out and about, you can't brew a cup of coffee at home, support your local coffee shop, and if it's an emergency situation, hit up Starbucks, hit up 7-Eleven, whatever. That's, that's what I'm going to say is, is brewing at home is the best way to do it, but uh, for the purposes of this podcast episode, talking about how to order and what to order in coffee shops, support your local coffee house. So we covered quite a lot of ground in this episode, I'd say. We talked about, at the beginning of the episode, we talked about uh, basic, you know, drinks and espresso-based beverages, drip coffee, etc. Uh, we talked about supporting local coffee here towards the end, and um, you know, we talked about what it looks like to order coffee at at your local coffee shop or at a chain-based place, and some of the etiquette that goes along with that. Um, if you if you want to know more, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you want to know more about any any of this stuff or if you want to just have a discussion about coffee in general, there's a couple ways you can reach me. You can go to my blog at boisecoffee.org. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Boise Coffee. That's B-O-I-S-E, coffee. Um, you can hit me up on my personal Twitter, at Colin Mansfield. And uh, you can hit up uh, any of those resources will give you um, a way to direct message me or public reply me, whatever you want to do to, uh, to reach out. We can have a talk about coffee, talk about life, whatever you want. Additionally, I want to let you know I'm 
writing a book about coffee. I actually am finished with the first draft, and I'm working on some of the filler material and editing the draft that I have put together right now. And uh, it's called The Beginner's Handbook to Excellent Coffee. It's going to be available. I'm, I'm self-publishing it. It's going to be available uh, through Gumroad, through my website. And uh, it's going to be a cheap price. Um, uh, but if you would like a discounted price, even on that already cheap price, it's going to be somewhere in the $10 range. So if you want a discount on that, all you have to do is go to my blog. And uh, there's a short link, bit.ly, bit.ly slash Boise Coffee Book all uh, lowercase. If you go to that link and at the bottom of the page you put your email in the sign-up box, uh, you're going to get emails about the book infrequently. I've sent about three out total. I've been writing this thing for about a year. You're going to get uh, a discount code when the book launches and it's going to give you you know, 25%, something like that, off of the total cost of the book. And I, I'm even going to send out some freebies. I've sent out a couple freebies already. So if you if you want more information on the book, you want a discount when it comes out, go sign up for that on my blog. Uh, you can go to boisecoffee.org and just click book at the top and it'll be the same page. And that would be awesome. If you could support me in that, that'd be great. So until next time, this is the Boise Coffee Podcast. Um, again, I'm your host, Colin Mansfield, signing off. Hit me up online if you want to talk about coffee some more. Other than that, have a great rest of your week. Tall. Decaf. Cappuccino. Call the cap cappuccino. Congratulations, you're stupid in three languages.